0: Um, just briefly, Paul, it's great to have you here. Just tell us a little bit about why you guys are here and what God has been sharing with you as you've come.
1: Praise God. Thank you for your invitation. May God bless you. Uh, for, we stay here for, for five days. So we had a wonderful time. And then 15 of our Korean team, they came here. They singing and they dancing and pray for your country, especially Winchester. Uh, first of all, I would like to say sorry. Why I say sorry? 130 years ago, your, your forefather, missionary Thomas, came to Korea. He's the first uh, Protestant missionary in the history of Korea. We never heard the Gospel of Lord Jesus before 1880. First missionary from Wales, is Hanover area in Wales. This missionary landing in Daedong River in North Korea. When he arrived in there, do you know what was happening? Korean soldier, or Western religion tried to come to our country. Do you know what we did? The Korean soldier, he chopped to the head of your father, missionary Thomas. But before he died, he begging the soldier, please take this Bible. And he died. He killed. And this soldier, do you know what he did? And he used the Bible paper and using it and smoking and then whatever. And then some of the paper he put on the, on the wall, like wall paper. <laughs> One day he was a little bit boring. He looked at the scripture. And the Holy Spirit touched him, and God converts him. He's like the first believer. <laughs> and, uh, why I say sorry? Because we Koreans killed your forefather. That is why we are so sorry. This morning, when I was praying to God, I just think about how missionary Thomas died. He didn't preach. He landed in Korea. He just died. He killed by a Korean soldier. Now, because of that, now, we are over 12 million Korean, Korean Christians in Korea. 25% of the Korean, of the Koreans are born again. It's not wonderful. Because of your father. And, uh, we, in our nation, send over 30,000 30 missionaries working all over the world. And then you are second sending missionaries after America. And then we thanks to God. Now, 130 years ago, your forefather died, and then that church, which is Hanover Church, who sent the missionary to Korea. Now, my friend, my friend missionary, Pastor Liu, he is the pastor of the church where that church sent Hanover Church. Isn't that wonderful? Korean pastor is a minister of that church, which is the church that church sent the missionary, Reverend Thomas. Do you know, we came here to pay the debt of love. We received the love from your nation. And we came here gathering together, pray for your nation. Especially our team. I tell you, tears and tears from midnight to 7 o'clock in the morning, all night, two by two. Three, four days, they cry in here. They pray. I don't know how many of you pray all night in here. These groups, we pray non-stop all oh, every night. Wednesday night. We are so tired Wednesday, but we pray all night. Wednesday Thursday, Friday, Saturday, four night, all night in your pulpit and share your, share our tears and our love. And we pray for, you know, your leadership. We pray for your congregation. We pray for Winchester. We bless your nation. We come here. We thank you. You know, we don't do nothing, just only sowing the seed. We pray for your nation. Pray for Winchester. Pray for all the churches. And instead of we give something, we receive a lot from you guys. Thank you very much. God bless you. Thank you, Paul.
0: Thank you. Good morning. As Nigel said, I'm going to be talking on prayer. And it's not just because of what Nigel said about the prayer room and the Korean team. It kind of links into um, the talk that Nigel did last week. If you haven't listened to it, I'd really encourage you to listen to it. It was a kind of communication of vision, a communication like a blueprint of what we feel God wants to do in us as a church in this coming season. And as part of it, Nigel was speaking from Hebrews and he was talking about um, just that challenge, that call to draw near to God. And then from that place to go and build and go out and change our communities, change our families, change our city, change our nation for God. And so I like to kind of focus in on, oh, it's over there already, (laughs) prayer. Now, when you hear the word prayer, kind of what words, um, or words enter your mind when you think, hear the word prayer? What feelings do you associate with the word prayer? How would you define it to someone? You can yell out a few answers. Communicating. You're very quiet. Telling needs. In your God's heart. Connecting. Fact. Connecting. Loving him. Communion. Listening. Praying the kingdom. That's... Okay. Brilliant. And I, I'm going to give a definition in a minute, but, um, you know, so often we, we come up with things, kind of, the things that you mention... Power, change, um, breakthrough, uh, revival. I'm surprised nobody said kind of quiet time, because often when people think about prayer, this kind of time that we set apart, um, asking things I think we had already. But I think also some of the feelings which people sometimes think, sometimes people have guilt, feelings of guilt, and not doing enough. I think some of the people, if they're honest and down in their hearts, there's disappointment. They prayed for something and something didn't occur. Maybe sometimes there's other um, feelings that come up. And I want to just focus this morning on how we can um, kind of grow and develop in this area. Now, how would I define um, prayer? Can you just give me a hand, Katie? This is how I would define prayer. I will define prayer like this, really. Divine romance. We just had our um, our anniversary yesterday. We're We're yet to do this. (laughs) I was out with the prayer team, but but as I think about prayer, this is how I think about prayer. You're you're beautiful. You're just amazing. You look, you just look radiant. Wow. You, you think I look beautiful? You think, oh, thank you. Wow. I'm, I'm your beloved. Oh. You're my beloved. I just lost for words. Your eyes are radiant. Oh, I just thank you. Oh I just love you. That's how I define prayer. For me, prayer is a divine. A divine romance. Like I said, you can define prayer in, in many different ways. But for me, prayer is loving. Being loved and loving upon. And when somebody heard Teach on prayer, and they kind of gave this triangle. And they said, um, we, we like triangles in this church. I was thinking about this morning. Because Nigel Austin uses triangles and so do I. And, um, we got God at the top and you got me and you got others or you could put, um, family or whatever it may be. And generally when we, when we come to prayer, from my experience, um, personally and and being in environments where people pray, so often the focus is on the, get this right, the horizontal, where we kind of focus in on the issue, the person, whatever it is we want to see prayer. And then we kind of take it to God and say, by the way, God, um, you might not be aware of this it kind of feels like it sometimes <laughs> it feels like that sometimes anyway. um, you're aware that this person needs Jesus you're aware that this situation needs a transformation I know we might be laughing about it but I, I know when I to reflect my prayer life and, I, and, and I've been in lots of prayer meetings it often feels like that but the focus should be God that we go to God, as like I just demonstrated here, that we're just sitting at His, His feet. Imagine I was just sitting down and I was, um, you know, with Jesus, and let's imagine it's, um, Katie. And, um, you know, let's say, um, I think I'm taking a couple of days off. I've been told I've got to take a couple of days off. I was taking some off anyhow. You know, and, um, hopefully by Friday I'll, I caught my breath and I go out with Katie. And I've just sat down there and went, you know, Katie, I've been away for kind of two or three weeks. Just been really busy and um, I just, I got a big list of things I want to just talk about. You know, issues that we need to, um, you know, deal with. And have we got a calendar and let's just um, synchronize our calendar. Do you think Katie's going to be that impressed? <laughs> uh, no. Because it's about romance, it's about intimacy. This is where it begins, this is where it ends. Sitting, gazing at his face. Loving and being loved upon. If we miss it here, we, we, we miss it. Out of that place, if I'm listening, if I'm being a good husband in relation to Katie, I hear her heartbeat. What is on her heart? What concerns her? And then I can respond accordingly. And it's the same as we are spending time in God's presence Seeking him for him alone. We hear his heartbeat. What's on his heart? So often we get into prayer and it's like, this is what's on my heart. This is my agenda. This is my issues. What, what's on his heart? What does he want to pray about, talk about? How does he want to talk, talk about it? That's what prayer is about. And that's why you know, I find this triangle useful. That we start focusing on God. We press into his His presence, and then from there we we respond. There's a song, you know, I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you. I want to come back to the heart of prayer, and it's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you, Jesus. When we get that, you know, I... Um, I used to sometimes, like, kind of assess my prayer times, um, in relation to a whole load of different ways. Um, but one of them was, you know, I have, like, lists. I like lists. Actually, not as much as my wife, actually. And, uh, um, uh, but I like lists. I have different types of lists. And, um, it would be, you know, my prayer time was good if I made it a certain way down the list. Or I had certain feelings or whatever it may be. Now, one way I assess my my prayer time is, how much time did I take to be loved and to live upon? Maybe I spend 78% of my time just doing that, but it's never wasted time. I prefer just to spend time in God's presence and to hear his whisper and pray maybe one or two minutes on that than to spend the whole time just yattering away. Again, imagine that relationship as Katie sat down and I just kind of report. I won't because I'm a, an introvert, so I'll be looking forward to my space the next few days. But let's say I was an extrovert, I'd be sitting down and just going blah, 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 blah. But that's so often what we do with God. So that's the starting point. That's what it's all about. Even in relation to the prayer room, if you haven't been to the prayer room, I encourage you to do so. We're actually going to open the doors at the back and the fire escape just to make it easier if, um, if you want to go and visit it. you haven't visited it today, And um, we kind of really left it as a kind of room, as a space to help people engage with God. And it's there to kind of facilitate, not limit. Um, we say you can roughly do whatever you want just to cry out to God. But one thing we, we encourage, the room set up. With a kind of an upward focus, an out focus, and an in focus. And the recommendation is whatever you do, start with the upward focus. Start with that focus of just gazing and looking upon God. And if that's where you start and that's where you finish, that's the success. Focus in on Him. Growing in prayer. When uh, Nigel and Joe asked me, I can't remember how long ago, if I would kind of take on the role of trying to encourage prayer um, in the church, I said, "Yeah, on um, various conditions. I had two conditions. I don't know if he remembers it, but one of my conditions was I wanted to encourage myself individually and us as a church to kind of grow in the kind of the breadth and depth of our prayer life. That prayer would be more than just something we do at a certain time." Maybe on a Friday evening we often have a prayer meeting, but that prayer would become a lifestyle as natural as breathing. Now, in the prayer room, one of the sections we have is like some tools, just different ways of praying, different ways of kind of growing and expanding in our prayer life. So I'm not going to focus in on that this morning, but I wanted this morning just to share some things which I think are like the the foundations which are crucial to growing in prayer. If we get these right, we can build upon it. It's like the, what do they call it RSJs? In building, am I got that right? Uh, you know, kind of, you don't want to knock those out, because everything collapses. And uh, I want to focus in on some of those. Now the first thing I want to just share about is, when it comes to prayer, is perspective. I feel it's really important when it comes to, to pray, perspective, what you see. As you pray, because what you see and from where you see affects what and how you, you see or how you pray. Did I write that up? Yeah. Uh, you see, what you see affects what you see. I mean, there's some great fiends. One of the fiends I, I, I didn't have time to do, but you know, with these amazing microscopes, you can just blow fiends up. Like, you know, you suddenly realise what there is in that carpet. And then you might not want to kneel on it again. Um, all sorts of things. And now in some ways we can't see that. But that does not mean it's not there. And also the idea of perspective. Because you look at that and it looks at like this person's going to be eaten. But that's not true. Now how does this relate to praying? Because it's crucial. There's a famous story in... Um, 2 Kings 6, verse 17, it's the story of Elisha, a prophet in the Old Testament, and he had his servant Gehazi. And there was a story when the this army, the Armenians, surrounded the city, and they kind of woke up, and um, Gehazi kind of had like a, what you call a bad morning. He woke up and looked and thought, oh my goodness, it's going to be a bad day. Because he looked around and he could just see his armies and he was in a panic. And Elisha, he said, Father, God, open his eyes. He prayed that Gehazi's eyes would be opened to see what he could see. Because when his eyes were open, he could see the mighty angel's army of the Lord around him because how you see things affects how you react and how you pray to them I remember Nigel I can't remember what talk he was doing but a particular point just stuck in my head months and months ago and he talked about uh, what they have in the army kind of um, night vision goggles Uh, night vision goggles give you the ability to see what you cannot see in the natural and when it comes to prayer that's what we need we need to come to that place where we pray, we we'll begin to pray from God's perspective. Now one of my um, jobs um, is kind of training and equipping people to pray uh, across the world. And I often take teams to pray across the um, different parts of particularly the, the Muslim world. And one of the first things I normally just teach on is on this issue of perspective, beginning to pray. From God's perspective into a situation. I remember, um, just about a year ago, just over a year ago, when we first came back to the UK, Egypt was in the news. And often, Katie and I would be asked to, you know, come and share and pray from, from Egypt. And one of the things I really stressed was, yes, I could give you information about Egypt. I can get you information maybe faster than CNN and BBC. But what we need to know is how God sees that situation. Because I want to pray not from the perspective of CNN, BBC or any other information I might get from any other resource. I need to pray from God's perspective. So often when I'm in situations and as I'm aware of it even in my own life, that I can start to pray from a place of fear or a place of hopelessness or desperation rather than praying from God's perspective. You know, Some of the places I, I, I work in, you know, it looks quite dark. Afghanistan, Iraq, Syria, some of those I'm involved in directly. Some of those I just encourage people working in those countries. And again and again, we, we know what's on the news. I'm like, how does God see it? Again, when I go around churches in the UK and teaching on prayer or when I'm teaching on, on sharing Jesus with Muslims, again, so often it comes from a place of fear, intimidation, and I go no we've got to see and pray from God's perspective how does he see it and pray that way just a couple of tools because I'm a great believer and trying to uh, kind of train and equip that help me get begin to get God's perspective firstly I didn't put it on here but if I'm as I come to pray if I become aware that I'm coming from a place of fear Anxiety, hope you know, hopelessness, or I'm aware that I don't have Christ's love, as Paul would say, compelling me to pray. You know, you can ask God, you know, why why am I praying about this issue? Why am I praying about this issue? Catch his heart. But a few things I find that help me is is focusing on the names and the character of God. You actually see that in the upward focus part of the prayer room. That's why we have it. When you start looking at the characteristics of God and you allow the Holy Spirit to take hold of that and bring revelation in your heart, my heart, you automatically begin to see things differently. With God, there is no hopeless situation. With God, nothing is impossible. And again, so often we know these truths in our head, but when we begin to outlive them in our lives and begin to pray from that place. So often when I'm in kind of prayer situations, there's such a heaviness there and you kind of walk in and you go oh and when I'm in that situation the first things I do is say Let, let's just start focusing in on God because I know as we begin to focus on God and his brilliance his might then naturally it will affect what we see how we see so one of the ones I found particularly helpful with all the stuff that's been happening at the moment I keep going back to it. in 1 John 4 verse 14 it says that Jesus is the savior of the world as we look at the news, there's lots of situations, and you think, how is this ever going to you know, be sold? But you know what? Jesus is the Savior of the world. And again and again, Katie, this particular season, of this of I'm just showing where we are at, we've just been pressing into that. Do I really believe that Jesus is the Savior of the world? As I really believe that, and I let that soak into my life, and then soak into the way I pray. It affects the way that I pray. The other one is just going to... Praising God, which is what, what, so often, um, when there's kind of gatherings of people to, to, to pray, we so often also have kind of praise and worship. Because again, I don't know about you, when I just stand and start praising God, like we were doing this morning, everything gets into the true perspective. I don't know about you, but I, I lose perspective Sometimes. It's a bit like the, the pictures we had. It was wrong perspective. But when I get God's perspective, and so as we praise and as we worship God, as you look at him and his brilliance and his might, when you see him seated above the thrones, above the kings, king of kings and all the nations, I think it's in Psalm 2, it says he sits above and he, and he laughs at what's happening. When you catch a glimpse of that, and as sometimes as I catch it and sometimes I don't, but I know when I catch that, I catch that glimpse and I pray from that place. It makes a huge difference. So we maybe need to have a new view, a new perspective about maybe different situations. I talk a lot about nations because that's kind of what I, I deal with on a, on a daily basis. You might be looking at family members or a community or whatever the situation may be. We'll begin to see it from God's perspective. One of the things I feel like God wants to do and we'll have as part of the ministry later. Um, in Revelation 4 verse 1. Jesus says come up here that invitation to come up here because when you're up here it looks different I'm just up here I'm just a you know I'm a short person but if I was even taller it would look differently where you sat affects what you see and it affects how you pray so we'll have an opportunity maybe you're in a situation and you feel like it's overwhelming I feel that Jesus is getting that invitation this morning come up here Begin to pray from that place. So, perspective is crucial. And these, like I said, are some of the kind of underlying foundations, some of the other tools. um, You know, we've got some examples up in the the prayer room. Power of words. I think if we're really going to grow as a church, individually and corporately, we've really got to believe the the power of words. And again, this is something that we can know in our heads. I know for, for me, For years I've known, particularly that the verse from Proverbs 18, verse 1, there's power, life and death in the tongue. I memorized it as a child. But if I really believed that, it would affect my prayer life. Do I really believe that there's power in the tongue? If I believed that, I would certainly pray more. Do I really kind of grasp, you know, Genesis 1 there, You know, we look at the universe. I've been taking the the Koreans around. They've been really enjoying some of the beauty of the sights and the trees. And um, I've discovered they love blackberries. And (laughs) we never got very far once you hit blackberries. And um, it's just an amazing creation. And God spoke and it came into being. We know that. But as long as it doesn't sink into it. When we grasp that, the power of God's word. You know, Hebrews 11 verse 4, you know, the... The the word of God is powerful and effective, active, living. There's power in the word. There's power in prayer. That's why it's important. Like I said at the beginning, to spend time in God's presence, because when you hear His whisper, you see His perspective, and then you speak His word. When you speak His living, His transforming word into any situation or, or person something begins to change. It's impossible for something not to happen. It might not happen straight away. It might be a gradual thing. But something happens. There is a power in words. So my challenge, I don't know. Oh yeah, that's it. So if there's a power in words, it's important to think about what you pray, what you say. If there's a power in words, this is an area that I'm trying to grow in at the moment. One of the tools I'm using, I'm not saying you have to do it, but is I'm starting to write my prayers out more at this season because I realise I can just say things very quickly. God bless you. God let your kingdom come here, and they're, and they're good prayers. I'm not. I'm not saying they're not. But what what do I actually want to see happen? James four says we you know we don't get because we don't ask. You know when I say God just touch that person, what do I want to happen? What would it look like if the kingdom of God came in your family, in your workplace? Your situation, what, what are we asking God to do? I don't know about you, um, I have four children, and sometimes they ask really vague. And sometimes they're like, well, what do you actually really want? And I feel like sometimes the father says, what do you want? What do you want to see happen? To be um, specific uh, and ask him. Even in relation to specifically who you want to get saved, because again, I was showing those who were here last night, um, for the meeting we had it, in the evening, to kind of really pray specifically for um, individuals. Because again, we can be very vague. God, just save Winchester. God, move in Winchester. Or I live in Eastleigh. God, move, touch Eastleigh. What is that going to look like? Who do, who do I specifically want to see touched? And you'll see on your, on your chairs, I, I, I left there, I don't have enough time to kind of give you time to do particularly anything with it. There's a piece of paper that's... Um, kind of the size of a a bank card. Uh, And something I've seen people use, a tool that I've seen people use that's been very useful, is people just use it. On one side, they just write the names of five people. that They just have a confidence. They're aware that God's already at work in their life. And then on the other side, they have five people they think, it'd just be a miracle if this person started to follow Jesus. And then, it's not just here. This is happening all around the world. This thing called the One Minute Challenge. I think if you type on, online, you can see it. And the idea is they're just encouraging people to do something a little bit similar to this, and just to pray for one minute. And the reason I made it like a bank size card is you can just stick it. And it's, it's harder than you think. I mean, I've been trying to just pray for one minute in the morning and the evening, and it's, I must admit I find that actually quite hard. But I know I, I have to, to grow in that area. So I'd encourage you just to do that. That's just, again, another tool to help us grow In this area, I don't really have much time to kind of focus on on the identity and authority. Uh, I really encourage you to go to um, Freedom in Christ because I know they they touch on this. But just to say very quickly, in the sense of growing in, in prayer and in our effectiveness in prayer, we need to get a deeper and greater revelation of who we are in Christ and the authority we have. Because the revelation and insight that we have gives us an understanding of the authority we have, and that affects what we pray and how we pray. I know I'm doing a lot of these little complicated sentences, but as we grasp who we are, as we really grasp that we are sons and daughters of Christ, it affects what we ask. So for example, um, my children ask me things that probably most of you would never ask me. I'm not going to go see what some of the things they ask. You know, even just means like, you know, my children will ask me, can they go and eat something from the refrigerator? Most of you, in our kind of British culture, would not come to my house and just say, hey, can I look, can I just grab something from the refrigerator? You just wait and see if you're going to get served and maybe you'll be praying inside, give me something to eat. But because they know that they're my children and so they know who they are and they know what authority they have, it affects what they ask and how they ask. Does that make sense? And so I'd like to go into that in more depth. I don't. Freedom in Christ, go there. That would kind of help you grow in that area. All I'm saying is it's crucial. As we gain more revelation, that's one of my prayers. You know, Ephesians, God, give me a revelation of who I am, that I'm seated in heavenly places. Again, in Ephesians, it talks about a revelation of the, the breadth and width of God's love. I keep crying out for that because if I want to grow in prayer and, I've, and I've, I've had the kind of challenge of helping us as a church grow in prayer, I need to keep pressing into that. Because I know my prayer will kind of follow that revelation. And if I want to grow and in see increased breakthrough in prayer, I need to get increased breakthrough in revelation of who I am and God's authority. Lastly, kind of going back to you now just talk just to around and um, things up. Nigel talked last week about drawing near, and then he talked about going. And I know in his talk, cause it make, you know, it makes life simple, and it, and it was a nice breakdown of scripture. But for me, they're very much kind of two sides of the, the same coin. That call to prayer, to draw near to him, and then that call to go. When Nigel and Joe asked me to take on a prayer role, one of the, my other conditions was that in the sense of us growing as a church in prayer, like I said, it wasn't just to do about meetings. It was to be, to be about lifestyle. It was something that I wanted to live out on the streets. We talked a lot about prayer and what we've been doing with the Korean team, but pretty much all of that is being there on the streets. There's a place, you kind of living in that intimate place before God, and that's one of the reasons we, we we created the prayer room because it helps to create an environment that helps to grow and nurture that. But this is something that needs to go out on the streets. It's something that we need to live out. I don't know how many of you were here um, last Sunday. It's like a long time ago for me um, to watch the Holy Ghost film. Yeah, some of you. Uh, I don't know how much, uh, you know, hopefully you enjoyed it. But for me, that, that film was all about creating prayer meetings. See, so yeah, a prayer... A prayer meeting is when you create a meeting between God and the person in the situation. That's another way of defining prayer meeting. I love prayer meetings because I love to create meetings between God and a situation or a person. And as you hear that, hopefully it inspired you and challenged you. But the idea wasn't just going to inspire you and challenge you per se. That was part of it. But to go out and live it. I think Jackie, who organized it, you know, said, you know, what stories have we got? Because I love hearing those stories. I love seeing those stories. But we're called to go and create our own stories uh, with God, to grow and, de- you know, and develop in that. And part, again, of my role of trying to encourage prayer in this church is trying to create opportunities for this to happen. And so in the following weeks, um, one of the things that I've mentioned once before that we're going to be doing is this thing called treasure hunting. Because treasure hunting for me is just a little overflow of prayer. You spend time sitting at his feet, and God just whispers revelations and insight to people that He wants you to meet that day to speak into. I don't know how many of you have, you know, those of you who have been around the last few days and just enjoyed your time with the Koreans. Yeah, and that's great, and I'm really thankful. And again, I'd like to just affirm just the joy it has been to spend and time with you and. Uh, you would be probably sick of seeing me. And um, um, and that's been great. But we also got opportunities to do things like that. I think I've shared before what these guys have been doing, and I know you appreciated it. And we have the environment where we can get input. I know over the next um, year, Nigel and I had a meeting on Tuesday where we were asked whether we could take a team to Bulgaria. I uh, have invitations. I have to keep turning down invita- I've got invitations to take teams like this to Afghanistan, Egypt, Ethiopia. And again, over the next few weeks, I'll just in- challenge you and encourage you about what does it look like for you. Prayer, as my dad used to say, prayer also has legs and arms. My dad used to say to me. And what he meant by that was, you know, we can cry out and pray into a situation, but we also have a responsibility sometimes to do think about it. Sometimes the answer to that prayer is going to be us. Sometimes that answer to that prayer is going to be go. So just as, I, as time rushes by, I would love, I love to talk more on prayer. It's something really passionate in my heart. But I just want to just throw two questions out to you this morning. Firstly, what is God saying to you this morning? What is God saying to you this morning? And what are the implications for your life this week? You know, this talk, this moment, this morning, we're going to have ministry in a minute. A bit like the film last Sunday. Or for those who could have came on Thursday and Saturday night, they were fantastic. But what does that mean for you and I tomorrow? Monday morning, Tuesday morning. How do we outlive? Is. So we're going to have a, a time with a ministry Nadia, can you Give me a hand And um, we want to give an opportunity to, to respond to this Particularly this focus that has been this week on prayer And our hearts being stirred To kind of grow and, and develop in this area Actually, Can I just close in prayer God you are good and I pray this morning that each one of us, you'll give a fresh revelation and insight, God, what it means to approach you. It may it just be a divine romance, a pressing into your presence, to gaze upon your face, to love on you and to be loved upon, God. Open our eyes and our hearts, Lord, to begin to see things as you see them, God. Lord, we lift up our hands like children, and we say, just lift us up, God. Lift us up this morning, God. We want to grow and develop. We realize, we know the power of prayer. We know that prayer changes things, God. Like the disciples, we say, teach us to pray, God. Help us to pray, God. Individually, Lord, and as a church, we pray. Amen.